Spirits of French Lick is proud to introduce the Lee Sinclair Four Grain Bottled and Bond Bourbon. This four-year-age, double-pot distilled, non-chill filtered bourbon has creamy, round, and lifting notes with caramel and vanilla, followed by apple, mint, graham cracker, and ginger, as well as cardamom. The finish is slightly French walnut, resolving the sweet, fruity, almost ground cherry and white pepper. Our spirits are available for tasting and purchase inside the French Lick Winery and Distillery. Spirits of French Lick. Respect the grain. Please enjoy responsibly. This is Alan Bishop, head alchemist at Spirits of French Lick. Our brand new bottled and bond Old Clifty Hoosier Apple Brandy is made from fresh-pressed Michigan apple juice fermented for two weeks and double pot distilled. We mature this brandy in full-size number two charred barrels to give a deep and rich color and flavor. Named after the historic distillery just north of Campbellsburg, Indiana, Old Clifty Hoosier Apple Brandy captures the hearts of modern bourbon drinkers. Always remember, drink responsibly and never drink and drive. Oh, excellent. I got an ad. <laughs> Good. Here we go. to another episode of the Scotchy Bourbon Boys, the first one of 2023. I'm Tiny. Uh, sometimes I podcast with a bunch of other people, but tonight we're just going solo with Tiny. Uh, one of the cool things, uh, remember, uh, the Scotchy Bourbon Boys, uh, we're getting bigger and bigger, and it's been very exciting so remember www.scotchybourbonboys.com for all things Scotchy Bourbon Boys. And then also remember, go rem- uh, there we go, boys. my normal, then- I didn't turn it down like I was, and so then I, tur- oh my God, technical difficulties as always. It's down now. I'm monitoring the Facebook tonight, uh, also the YouTube. Uh, if you have any comments on and you're watching, just feel free to ask because tonight's a pretty cool episode but once again www.scotchybourbonboys.com for everything scotchy bourbon boys you can get cool scotchy bourbon boys t-shirts glenn karen's uh scotchy bourbon balls uh for the people on youtube and there's the scotchy bourbon boy glenn karen it's pretty cool glenn karen that i will be drinking out of tonight but also remember we are on all podcast formats if you have alexa ask her to play it if you have siri play the scotchy bourbon boys uh it's on all formats so that's really a cool thing uh check us out uh just so stupid (laughs) series up i'm trying to okay put siri back to back to bed there and then uh 
One of the cool things I think what I'm going to do here is I normally I could I'm going to just share this uh, to mess in messenger to some people. It it comes up uh, one of the cool things there we go. Uh there's some people that uh uh I can share to you really quick that I know that you know listen to the podcast and it kind of lets them know that I'm podcasting. So, uh, here we go. I'm still looking. Normally, (laughs) that's a lot of different people there. But let's just um, put, I just want to do a couple right here. There we go. And I will send out one there. And then one more. We're almost there. Yep. Okay. So I shared the Facebook. See if we could get some uh, people from the industry to join us. Uh, it's kind of a cool thing that we got going there. And okay, we're back up. Uh, Ricky Edwards has joined us. Uh, thank you for joining us, Ricky. I know that from time to time you uh, watch the podcast. So anyways, uh, once again, you can ask those those devices to, you know, uh, just find us or listen to us on any podcast format that you listen to podcasts. Just search the Scotchy Bourbon Boys. We're there. We are also on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and oh my God, t- Twitter. There you go. So anyways, uh, tonight's uh, podcast, really kind of cool. There's Super Nash. Super Nash is right here. He's asking, uh, do you uh, think rum balls are better than Scotchy Bourbon? Asking and not so for a not so good of a friend. Um, I don't know about rum balls, so Scotchy Bourbon balls are much better uh, than uh, the rum balls. So there you go. But uh, Super Nash is watching tonight. That's kind of cool. We've got a bunch of people. Uh, that's that also. But the main event tonight of what we're going to be doing is really kind of cool. We are going to go over. How this is this is strictly my opinion. Uh, if other people want to join in, uh, if uh, Alan Bishop or uh, Greg Schneider, you know, have their own take, feel free to um, chime in. Uh, but I will say that, in my opinion, and my opinion is humble, but it's my opinion. I mean, I have it, and I visit a lot of different distilleries. I diff- I visit with a lot of people within the industry, big the big parts of the industry, the little parts of the industry, and I'm just going to go over some of the people that um, we've uh, met with in the past year. Um, uh, we met with uh, Royce and ne- and uh, we met with Royce and Rebecca Neely. Uh, right now, they're working with Jackie Zcon to produce this Hidden Barn, which is. Uh, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, their batches keep uh, getting better and better. Uh, We've uh, been uh, with Seth at Broken Barrel, which I really think his concept of what he's doing is a cool thing, and it really seems to get traction. I mean, smashing barrels and then putting the whiskey into holding tanks and throwing the smashed barrels in 
to age uh, the whiskey further is a concept that is unique to him. And he's really doing a good thing, good uh, job with it and marketing. And it shows you the innovation that's happening within the industry. I think he's one of the people that have done that. Then we're talking about the Scotchy Bourbon Boys Knob Creek Pick. Uh, we went down to Jim Beam. And uh, Jim Beam, uh, Beam some Tory. Uh, which owns a ton of distilleries throughout the world. But what they've done, Fred, Freddie, Sandy, No, uh, and the Beam family, what they've done to put themselves into uh, what I felt like last year, uh, the distillery was pretty much on fire because they opened up the James B. Beam distillery uh, they've got their Booker No um, distillery. They've got the Claremont distillery. And now they have the uh, the smaller um, craft distillery, the James B. Beam distillery. And Freddie is working with that. But what they were able to produce and release at the distillery last year for a major distiller to play in the whole aspect of the craft whiskey uh realm was amazing uh jim uh they released uh hardens creek and they released two versions they're going to be releasing more of it but one was my favorite and the kentucky bourbon boys uh bourbon of the year was uh jacob's well but the other one the james b beam actually was number 18 in i believe whiskey advocate it was their number 18 bourbon and that bourbon was two years old. I mean, and it made the top 18 whiskeys in the world. I mean, that's just amazing when you think about it. The top 18 and it's a two-year-old. So, I mean, that's just, that's crazy. What they're doing at Jim Beam is phenomenal. Now, then there's Lux Row. We, uh... John Rumpy, Rempy, um, we stopped by, had a tour with the Scotchy Bourbon Boys. I got to meet John. I'm looking forward to doing more. But what they've been doing with their, uh, I really think what they do at their distillery, with their distillery releases, blood, you're talking blood oath. We're talking rebel, um, distillers collection. We're talking Ezra Brooks distillers collection. We're talking about Ezra Brooks cast strength, rebel cast strength, their re- rebel tenure. The, what they and then their Lux Row um, Deluxe. Uh, t- it's a combination of two twelve-year barrels. I mean, what's happening there is phenomenal. And then they were bought by MGP this year. Lux Luxco was, but they really have the backing that they need to do what they what they do. Plus, they own Limestone Branch also which at Limestone Branch and Stephen Beam and what they're doing there with the Yellowstone. Yellowstone is just uh, exploding as far as... uh, And then their Limestone Branch special releases out of the distillery. Uh, There's some a lot of stuff going on there. Then you've got Lucky 7, which is JP and Michael, that we got to meet at Kentucky Bourbon Festival, producing some fantastic whiskey. Uh, They're not distilling it, but they're blending. You've got also... um, uh, Danny and Michael, um, they are from Penelope, and they are blending also. And Penelope has been putting out some damn, damn good whiskey. Then uh, 
you've got what's happening at uh, Woodford Reserve. You've got these little 375 milliliter, um, you know, honey. This was the honey barrel finish. This is their um, experimental uh, bourbon that they put out in their gift shop. 375 milliliter, and it's obtainable when you go to the gift shop. So these specific bottles are fantastic. So Woodford also does their wood finishing series that they put out this year, and that has been available. So what's been happening at Woodford's Panini, which is a Brown Informant. Now, we... uh, That was a bump. Um, I also have this here, which, which came from... Uh, Whiskey Thief Distillery, and this is a distillery in Kentucky that when you go to it, um, basically, you for the price of a tour, which I believe is $20, $25, you got to get the tour, and then you get to taste through five barrels of that, that they thief and give you a taste of, and if you want or like one of the barrels, you are allowed to thief and bottle your own whiskey. So you're doing a barrel selection right there as part of the distillery tour, and then you get to bottle your own bourbon. I mean, what kind of experience is that? Then you're talking about, we also have Monk's Road, which uh, Log Still Distillery is one of our sponsors, uh, Lynn and Wally Dan. They are building a campus in Gethsemane, Kentucky, in I believe it's northern Nelson County, or there's two counties down there, um, New Haven or New Hope. I believe it's New Haven County, uh, New Haven, and then in Gethsemane. And basically, they have, um, they're really in phase three of their four phase stage of opening up a fantastic campus. They've already got their event center open. They've already got the distillery, the, the full distillery is working. We were just toured that. They've got their, um, uh, they've got so much other stuff going on that it's just, it's amazing what's going on down there. They've got, uh, the places to stay. They're working on, uh, different, you know, lots of different type things. Um, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, amazing what's going on at Log Still. And if you hear anything in the background, it's kind of like, um, I think my wife is doing laundry. So anyways, uh, not the normal thing to kind of do when I'm podcasting, but it's happening. Uh, but you've got also this, uh, uh, what Wally and Lynn are doing down there. Um, there's one other one other um, thing that's opening up. Uh, oh, they're getting ready to. They're they're building their restaurant, so they're going to have restaurant, event center. They've got an amphitheater down there, which uh, is going into its third season. They're going to put their second season of their locomotion train uh, station aspect, and uh, it's just really kind of a cool overall experience destination campus that's going to be down there now uh we are also when it comes to campuses there's two other campuses that uh we've been kind of involved with one is uh we've got uh it is uh luca mariano luca mariano has finished their first rick house and they broke ground this uh past fall in their distillery 
So they are getting close to now. They were contract distilling before in Kentucky, and now their stuff that they've been distilling is aging in their own rick houses, and it's really kind of a real cool thing to be a part of the ground level with Luca Mariano. And then also we've been um, hanging out with Ryan Lang at Middle West Spirit. What he's going has going down in Columbus has been pretty fantastic. He produces um, some really is producing some really really good whiskey. Um, hold on one second. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, Bar and Girl fans, it's Jim with Madhouse Bar Talk, where me and my co-hosts sit around and talk about the things going on around Madhouse Bar and Grill in Elyria, Ohio. The whole conversation is unscripted, uncensored, and unedited. Anywhere where you stream podcasts, just remember, Madhouse Bar Talks, baby. Okay, I am back. <laughs> Sorry for the quick brief thing. I just needed to make something quieter. All right, but those are, and last but not least, uh, our, one of our main sponsors is the Spirit of French Lick. And the Spirit of French Lick is pretty much uh, a craft distillery that was uh, started uh, at a winery. And uh, Alan Bishop down there, uh, who is one of the most fantastic distillers that I've met in the industry, super awesome person too, um, love you, Alan. But uh, one of the things that he is just now starting to get into his own as far as distilling, whereas when you start out a craft distillery, there's a lot of things that you have to do. One, you have to get spirits to the gift shop to start off because the aging spirits, um, you're going to pay the labor, all the grain costs, everything, and the barrel costs, and you're going to put it in. you got to wait four or five years, um, six, seven, eight years. You know, you, there's stuff that uh, you age and keep going. Uh, the, the Spirit of French Lick is now getting into where some of his... Uh, bourbon that he did initially there's a lot of stuff that alan did to get this off the ground um he's a fantastic distiller of other spirits like uh apple brandy uh he basically um produces some really good apps apple brandy he has done absinthe uh some of the he's aged uh bourbon in absinthe barrels he's aged absinthe in bourbon barrels so there's a lot of kind of creative type things that um, Alan Bishop uh, does, but he has introduced this year, he introduced the Solomon Scott Rye uh, Bottled in Bond, which just came out this fall. Uh, there was some barrel picks earlier, but that's some 
Not a huge fan of rye, but that, and, and Alan admits that he's not always a fan of rye, but the rye he's producing uh, with that Solomon Scott is some fantastic stuff. And then you've got the Maddie Gladden. He introduced the William Dalton, his weeded bourbon. I mean, what he's got going there and the, and the, the inventory that he keeps making uh, is coming to of age. It just keeps getting better and better. Uh, that is one of the cool things that when we first started in 2019, um, Alan was just producing, uh, Maddie Gladden and, uh, he was producing also the weeder and he also had produced, uh, Lee Sinclair, but they weren't bottled in bond. It was only until the next year that he produced the bottled in bond. And once he started producing that bottled in bond, uh, his whiskey is fantastic, folks. I mean, uh, I don't know what to tell you. It's a damn good whiskey, damn uh, good distillery uh, made by really, really good people. Um, and a shout out to, uh, oh my God, I, I want to say there's like, I believe it's Justin. Um <sighs> It's Josh and Justin. Yeah, Justin Whaley. So he's the assistant distiller there and has seemed to fit in very, very well. So um, anyways, uh, I, I I just am so bad at names. It, it takes me like a year of knowing somebody to actually have confidence in saying their name. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, now, there's some other type... Uh, Things on the horizon that the Scotchy Bourbon Boys are excited about. Um, Joe, Julie Kasperzak, uh, she has been a really good friend of the Scotchy Bourbon Boys, and there's big things to come uh, where she is at the Pataka Winery. They're working on producing, uh, you know, and starting uh, to produce distilled spirits. Uh, we're excited about that. She's um, been on the podcast and talked about this, and it's been uh, amazing. So uh, one of the things... Now, I just reviewed um, the people in the industry. Oh, I, who can... I, I got to stop right there. I did not mention Buffalo Trace and their huge expansion that they're doing. Harlan Wheatley was on the uh, podcast a year in November talking about the expansion they are getting close that still is getting close they're looking at doubling the production there uh the experience that they got going there is amazing uh when you go there you've got uh freddie johnson giving tours and the tastings are awesome uh they do a really really good job there so what is the you know what what does that mean for what does it actually mean for 2023? What is happening in the distilling industry? Well, from a standpoint of a consumer in the state of Ohio, things are really, really getting good for the consumer. Um, we uh, have, in the last couple short years, the state of Ohio, which is a control state, has taken that connotation of a control state that that limits and makes it cost more and all this kind of stuff. And they've completely flipped it. Uh, you don't, it's nothing cost more actually with the bourbon market and how hot it is. 
when you buy something off the shelf here, and you can because it is a control state, you don't have to pay $189 for a $49 bottle. Uh, in Kentucky, there's a ton of places that you can find the whiskey, but you're going to pay way more than the MSRP. Here in Ohio, it has to sell for the MSRP. The liquor stores don't actually buy the bottles. They, they The state of Ohio puts it in there on consignment, and when they sell them, they make a percentage of the sale. It's not a huge percentage of the sale and how it works, but uh, there's a lot of different ways that uh, you know in that liquor store uh, models are set up. There's the grocery store set up, which the liquor store brings in people who then buy beer and wine. Also, I mean, there's there's so many different ways to do it, but here in the state of Ohio, it's gotten very exciting because of the barrel picks and how they're working with distilleries and how they're working to get the new distillers producing and putting their whiskey on the shelf. But one of the really cool things that I've seen in probably this last quarter is where there wasn't always a lot of good bourbon on the shelf because it would sell so fast. But because the state of Ohio and other places are working so hard, the, dis the new distilleries to get this stuff to the shelf, the market is starting to become, what would you say, um, they're starting to meet the demand a little bit. So some of this really good bourbon, when you walk in and you might be waiting in line on a, on a Friday or a Saturday to get it from the release of, you know, whatever the delivery is going to be. But when you walk in there, stuff that you're not used to seeing is still on the shelf. Uh, I mean, I've been seeing a lot, a lot of whiskey uh, Bardstown Bourbon Company, um, they had a lot of, of awards on their finished rum finished uh, bourbon. Uh, they've 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 got a bunch of but when you walk into the 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 store, those are there, um, there for the taking. A little bit expensive, but they're there. And then you've got certain brands coming. Penelope, their barrel strength is. I walked in the other day and there was a Penelope barrel strength right there on the shelf. Uh, six, eight months ago, that wasn't possible. Even though it was here, it wasn't something that was always happening. So what's been happening is Buzzards Roost. Uh, there's, there's so many different distillers and blenders and people bringing their really good whiskey, bur uh, Purs Pursuit United, Ryan and Cecil, uh, I mean, Ryan and Kenny, Ryan Cecil, <laughs> Ryan and Kenny have produced, uh, so many different really, really good um, products, but they're here also. You can find them. So what's been happening is because the expansion of the industry, and as a podcaster, I'm keeping up with the expansion. A lot of the new distilleries I've been to and follow and uh, have been a part of and know that their, their whiskey is coming. So because of that, uh, when it does hit the shelf, I know what, what, what's hitting the shelf, what the brand is. A lot of people are, there's so much new stuff hitting the shelf that the brand, it, it's become, what would you say? Uh, they're not sure. And some of it's, you know, pricey. So a lot of times you, if you haven't tasted something, it's hard to spend $169 on a bottle. But some of these bottles are winning these awards and getting uh, really, really good traction. So you're getting in a, a huge amount of advantage, uh, especially us people who are paying attention 
to what the new stuff is and what news coming out. And, uh, but at the same time, things like bookers, which up until last year in the spring, you get two, three days of bookers on the shelf. Bookers would hit, uh, it wouldn't sell out in the morning, but probably in about June or July that ended. Uh, it completely ended all of a sudden, uh, now you have to get bookers in, in the morning. Even this last, uh, drop in the state, uh, there was an awful lot of bookers dropped. A lot of people got it, but it went fast. It didn't stay on the shelf. I remember the Boston batch of two years ago and that actually stayed on the, sh- in the shelves and on the shelf for three, four months. So this is really kind of exciting. The it's it's coming to a peak, the market, but what I think's what's happening is we've seen the beginning of uh supply and demand starting to there's enough supply to meet the demand that we're starting to see that. Not on all things. I mean Buffalo Trace, not even close. But when you're talking about some of these other bourbons, the supply is they're they're putting out enough for everybody to get some, and that is one thing that on these higher end bourbons that they haven't been able to do, and now they're being able to meet that supply because they've been dealing with the market and this boom for a while, and they keep increasing, and they're able to start to meet that demand to some extent. When you're talking five six year old bourbons, uh, we're still if you're talking a six year old, you're talking about 2016 2000 you know, 2017, 2016, I mean, we were full into the, at that point, into the bourbon boom. So that's one thing that's really exciting. Now, they are really going crazy with what they're putting in at the moment. Uh, When I first started going to Bardstown in 2019, when I went to Bardstown for the first time, uh, Bardstown Bourbon Company was fairly new. I hadn't, I really researched and had no idea what it was. Uh, That uh, what would you say? Their um, blueprint of what they were doing. Most people didn't know what they were doing, this contract distilling. And there's a lot of people who ha- started out at blenders that are now distilling. Uh, for instance, Chicken Cock, uh, Greg Schneider. I wanted to talk about him and what's coming up because he basically is distilling, putting it into barrels, aging it at Bardstone Bourbon Company. His brand is amazing. And what he's doing there, and it's another way that, uh, and he is getting bourbon to the shelf. Uh, now when I walk in to my stores in Ohio, I can pick up a, a standard chicken cock uh, bourbon or rye on the shelf. Exciting. Now some of the other stuff that they release, it's not always there. But I've even seen some of the, the newer releases uh, recently actually on the shelf. So that's kind of exciting what's happening uh, with uh, Bardstown Bourbon Company with brands like Chicken Cock and Kentucky Owl. Now, a lot of places uh, take it one step further. They might start at Bardstown Bourbon Company and then they start to do their own thing. They start distilling uh, and building their own distillery. So, you know, there's lots of different things. But what I'm seeing is uh, once again, the outlook of uh, supply and demand, supply finally starting to be met a little bit. So some of us uh, that were searching for bottles, uh, some of the new stuff will be available, whereas in the past, the new stuff just got, uh, you know, engulfed and bought up. Now, if we're talking about um, 
what the distilling, you know, where the distilling industry is going. Uh, that's another, that's another aspect of what are, what, what are all these distilleries doing to meet the demand? So let's just go over, um, we, you've got, um, you've got, uh, Jim Beam adding a full another craft distillery. Uh, now they're just announced a revamp of the Booker No facility, uh, to become more productive and also I believe have guests. Uh, then you've got, uh, Buffalo Trace doubling their capacity, putting in another still. You've got now Barton's, uh, 1792 has kind of gone and done something in the opposite direction. Uh, they basically, Stopped all tours and, uh, they, you know, are con, and they are concentrated on distilling and they have the second largest distill. They have the second largest still in, uh, Kentucky, uh, behind the Jim Beam still. And that still, uh, produces, um, a lot of different bourbons. But when they stop taking, uh, they they decided not to do the guests and the gift shop and the tours. They stopped that, which was kind of a sad thing because most of the distillers are embracing that. But at the same time, they also contract, they sold a huge amount of stock to Costco. So there's one, one example of a brand that I wasn't very excited what they did because I'm the kind of guy that likes everything. We've argued this before on the podcast. So I like, um, what would you say? I like packaging. I like to tour a facility. I like getting the knowledge. I mean, what the distilleries are doing, what Heaven Hill has done, uh, revamped their, uh, their, uh, center twice. They've got, uh, you do bourbon. And then also they have, uh, Evan Williams experience in Louisville. Plus they distill in Louisville, but they just announced plans to build a distillery in Bardstown. So you're looking at the growth and expansion of these distilleries trying to meet it. Now, one of the things that you always hear is that we're still only 77% of production that we were, uh, uh, pre-prohibition. So pre-prohibition, how much whiskey and uh, was being made in bourbon, we're only at like 77%. And at the time, I believe there wasn't even a billion people on the planet. So now we're at 7 billion people on the planet. The markets are worldwide. India is exploding. So uh, when it comes to bourbon and whiskey and American whiskey, so there's a lot of that going on. Uh, you know, that they're keep trying to meet that demand for the people. And, uh, at the moment, I don't see an end in sight towards, uh, towards whiskey. Now, what are the problems in the industry? There's a couple. One, we all know about the glass shortage. Uh, getting enough glass to bottle this bourbon to meet the demand has been challenging for at all different levels. A lot of times, uh, barrel picks, uh, I've uh, done a couple of them. Uh, you're waiting, used to wait one to two months. Now you're waiting, they would tell you three and you wait four months. So, uh, there's a lot of that going on. And then also what we're looking at is, uh, a barrel shortage coming up, uh, not based off of wood, but based off of the economy and th- where the world is today, because 
the hard part right now is to get the wood. The wood's there, but getting it out of the forests and, you know, getting it processed, that's wherein lies the problem. Because right now, uh, worker shortages and all this type of stuff has been hampering the amount of barrels. So big guys are, you know, everybody's feeling... Uh, the they could they can sense that that's coming. I don't know if that's going to come in 2023 or if it's going to come in 2024, but it will be coming. Now, with that said, what does that mean to the industry? In my opinion, what it means to the industry is 100% American whiskey and American single malt will be starting to come into its own because one uh you can when you make american whiskey it doesn't it doesn't have the bourbon rules you can use a used barrel so using used barrels will make sense instead of just sending them all off to scotland and ireland you know in other places so they can use the bourbon barrels they could start reusing their own uh one example of uh uh, Brown and Foreman, when they were doing early times, I mean, basically, early times whiskey was just the same whiskey that they were making the, the you know, early times bottled in bond in their, in their, um, bourbons. And then they would make early times and use the barrels over. So there's a lot of different things that go into it, but those are two of the things I see on the horizon. I mean, the bottle shortage is going to keep the worker shortage. Um, I say in 2023, we start to resolve that. But as far as the barrel shortage, that's the next one that's coming on the horizon. So, um, once again, I, well, let's see, do we have anybody up from his past distillery visit professionals interviews? I'm just seeing what Super Nash said. Um, and it's booming. Yep. I would say, yeah, there, he gave us <laughs> really, really long opinion. That's a long, one on there i say congratulations thank you to the bourbon industry that you do try to meet our thirsty demands yeah i mean i think that they are meeting those and doing a good job and i think where you go and all the different distilleries that you stop off at and all the places that we talk to the people um each distillery so you got the craft industry um, which used to be young coming into its own. I mean, it's really starting to get some aged bourbon in there. You've got the blenders buying bourbon and blending. You've got that whole part of the industry. You got the distillers. Uh, you got the mid range distillers. Uh, you got, you know, Kentucky artesian distillery, but then you also have, um, the big distilleries, you know, Heaven Hill. Uh, you know, it's funny because some of the craft distilleries that you think are craft are being produced at a larger, you know, on a larger volume. So it, um, always I find it uh, very important that you read your labels, do your research to find out what you're actually drinking and where is that uh, bourbon or whiskey being produced. So anyways, I think that uh, pretty much covers uh, what's going to happen in 2023. I see a lot of new releases. I don't think anything's going away. Uh, you've got Lisa Roper Wicker um, landing. uh and starting to produce again, you've got uh, Jackie Zekon producing the Hidden Barn uh, label at with Rebecca and Royce Neely. Uh, 
You've got Neely coming into its own. I mean, they there's just so much going on. And then, you know, there's big things on the horizon for Luca Mariano this year. There's, you know, I didn't even mention Wilderness Trail and Macaulay and Dr. Pat and also Shane all down there and what they're doing. They're killing it down there. There's no doubt. Uh, they just basically uh, brought in a, you know, sold and brought in a partner and then also, you know, working on their firm solutions. So there's so much going on in the industry and I look forward to everything that 2023 brings. Uh, remember... Uh, anybody, if there's any, I don't think there's any actual questions. Uh, I know Ricky, that was, uh, nope, that was early on. So shared that all over the place, was able to get in there. And also let's see, um, I gotta get this called up really quick. I know how to do this. I've done it before many times. There we go. There we go. So, um, our theme song that you heard initially is sung by Kenny Fuller of the old Americana band, which is, uh, Luca Mariano's band, but Kenny has gone off on his own and he did that for us. Uh, he produced the Scotchy Bourbon Boys theme song and we give a shout out in 2023. You could search Kenny on, uh, in, you know, on, uh, Apple Music or, you know, iHeart and his, uh, musical career is kind of up there. So you can hear some of the songs that he did, uh, throughout his career. So check out Kenny Fuller on, uh, iTunes or iHeart Radio. Um, but that brings us to <laughs> the end of this wonderful segment. Uh, remember everybody, www.scotchybourbonboys.com. Thank you for joining me this fine Wednesday evening. Uh, appreciate spending a little bit of time with you. I, I really was just doing a lot of talking, not very much drinking. That's for sure. Uh, there's so many good whiskeys, bourbons, and people out there in the industry. I think 2023's got a big heads up of a thumbs up, I meant. And then uh, with that, uh, remember to follow, uh, when you follow us on social media or you listen to us on the podcast, remember, um, like, listen, comment, and subscribe. And then remember... When you go out, remember, good bourbon equals good times, good friends, and go out and live your life dangerously. Little Steve-O is going to take us out. I am going to hit it and turn it up. There we go. Show me the way to the next whiskey bar. Oh, don't ask why. Oh, don't ask why. Show me the way to the next whiskey bar. Oh, don't ask why. Oh, don't ask why. For if we don't find the next whiskey bar, I tell you we must die. I tell you we must die, I tell you, I tell you, I tell you we must die.
Hey, Scotchy Bourbon Boys fans, this is Alan Bishop, Indiana's Alchemist of the Black Forest. So I'm tuning in here today to tell you all about the One Piece at a Time Distilling Institute channel on YouTube. If you're at all interested in the art of distilling, whether it be home distilling or professional distilling, and the intense geekery that goes into that process, then check out the One Piece at a Time Distilling Institute on YouTube. I promise you're going to learn something you didn't know before about the arts.